Once Upon a Time in America was the final film from legendary filmmaker Sergio Leone, the director of The Good, The Bad and The Ugly and Once Upon a Time in the West. Despite an infamously butchered release from the studio, which involved removing huge chunks of the runtime, the film is now hailed as a gangster movie classic, featuring a mammoth runtime, a jaw-dropping score from Ennio Morricone, a sprawling, epic but intimate story, and a stellar cast including Robert De Niro, James Woods and Joe Pesci. In this video, I wanted to talk about an element of the film's plot which I think will blow your mind if you want aware of it, as it provides a completely different perspective and changes the entire film. That being said, it may be that you're already aware, and in fact you might think it's pretty obvious. I'm not sure how many people are aware of this detail in the film, whether it's common knowledge or not. I don't think it's something I picked up on on my first viewing of the movie, but then again I was a teenager. On subsequent viewings it comes off as pretty obvious and is definitely intentional by Sergio Leone, as he referenced it in interviews. But when I talk to people about the movie, many are unaware of this huge aspect of the film which completely changes the movie, hence me making a video about it. So to truly appreciate this, you need to remember the details of Once Upon a Time in America's story. The film is primarily a gangster movie, but in actuality it's so much more. It's a coming of age story, one tackling friendship, love, regret, betrayal, memories and the passing of time. It is also relatively unique for a crime film back in the 1980s, as it adopted many narrative techniques that were unorthodox for the time, such as memories, flashbacks, flash forwards, and perhaps even dreams. We follow Noodles, played by Robert De Niro, an old man full of regret and guilt. A mysterious letter causes him to return to where he grew up, and from there the film delves into deep flashbacks showing him grow up with his friends, all of whom, him included, become gangsters during the 1930s. The flashbacks show us that Noodle's relationship with his best friend Max, played by James Woods, begins to sour as the two stop seeing eye to eye on their business ambitions. In the 1930s timeline, Noodles makes a phone call tip to a robbery that Max and his crew were to carry out, which results in disaster, as it directly leads to the death of all of Noodles' three friends, prompting the haunting and the grating ringing noise ringing in the beginning of the film. In addition to this, Noodles rapes the love of his life, his childhood sweetheart Deborah, in a vicious act just before she leaves him forever to chase stardom and glamour. Haunted by his guilt and regret by his choices, Noodles regularly smokes opium in order to come to terms with his pain, and we are led to believe he essentially lived a low-key life until he received the mysterious letter which prompted his return. As he puts it, I've been going to bed early. When Noodles returns, he discovers that he has been the victim of a complex scheme put together by his old friend Max, who faked his death and became successful in the legitimate business world in spite of some issues with his adversaries. In addition to this, Noodles discovers that after rejecting him, Deborah did manage to become the successful actress she dreamed of being, and she is able to forgive Noodles. However, it is revealed that both Max and Deborah, Noodles' former best friend and woman, hooked up together when Noodles went away, even conceiving a child together. The hidden detail in the story is the bridge that links the flashback scenes to the flash-forward scenes, the opium store scenes. As put by director Sergio Leone himself, the peculiarity of opium is a drug that makes you imagine the future as the past, 
Opium creates visions of the future. Other drugs only make you see the past. Thus, whilst Noodles dreams how his life could have been, and whilst he imagines his future, it gives me, as a European director, the possibility of dreaming inside American myth. And that's it. The ideal combination. We walk together. Noodles with his dream, and me with mine. These are two poems that fuse together. Because as far as the matter which concerns me, Noodles never leaves 1930. He dreams everything. All the film is the opium dream of Noodles through which I dream of the phantoms of cinema and American myths. Therein lies the game-changing twist in Once Upon a Time in America, in that the scenes of old Noodles could very well be opium-induced dreams. He's still in the 1930s timeline. He is still guilt-ridden and emotionally drained by the events that preceded, and the opium trips gives him an opportunity for respite and solace to be taken away into a dreamland where he is absolved of his sins and guilt. Isn't it a bit convenient that Noodles, a man who inadvertently caused the death of his best friend and raped the love of his life, finds out that he in fact did not kill his best friend and Max instead faked his death, and not only that, he took his girl and let him live with the regret of thinking he had killed his friends. All of a sudden, rather conveniently, Noodles appears as the victim, and the other two come off as in a far more negative light than they previously did, and any crime Noodles has been committed against the duo are forgiven. Deborah hasn't even aged, she's just as beautiful as he remembers her. Max even asks Noodles to kill him and put him out of his misery, something which Noodles rejects, which, whether intentionally or not, gives him the moral high ground. Even the blonde woman who Max was with before, who Noodles hated, ends up alone. It's all a little bit too perfect. Noodles, as a man to escape his reality, dreams up this version of the future where he is not to blame. The most debated scene in the film is near the end where Max disappears behind the garbage truck, with the audience questioning whether he actually jumped in or not. Even the actor himself, James Woods, doesn't know. If the opium dream theory is to be taken as fact, then this mystery is answered as having no answer. Because in dreams there are no answers and things aren't run by logic and rationale. What's actually happening is Noodles' mind has doubled back on itself, coming up with a bizarre dream scenario which begins with Max faking his death and then possibly faking his death again at the end. Noodles choosing not to take the gun and kill Max, and Max subsequently disappearing behind the dumpster, could be Noodles' defiant opium-laden mind in this fantasy convincing this fictional Max Ultimately that it was not he, Noodles, who had killed Max all those years back, but he had faked his death. There are several clues that point to this theory. I won't go too much into it, but there are a few examples, such as Noodles seeing some people in a car directly after the garbage truck scene, who look straight out of the 1930s as opposed to the present day that old man Noodles is apparently in. Perhaps this even signals the end of the fantasy, and prompts Noodles to come out of his dream state and back into the real world as suggested by the fact that the next scene, the very last scene of the film, has Noodles walking into the opium stool, taking a few shots, and then smiling as his trip begins to once again settle in. Or, more likely, this is just after the robbery and when the deaths occurred, and this is the only time he has taken opium, i.e. the events of the film all spawn from one dream. 
In spite of all the emotions in the old man noodle segments, in spite of the reconciliation, recompense and forgiveness shown, ultimately in the real world, Noodles is still a man who had his friends killed and violated Deborah, in spite of the music, beautiful and joyous at the end, which signals what kind of state Noodles is in as he smiles up at us. The ending is bitter, sad and painful, as Noodles is doomed to repeat this cycle. Him smiling up is the end of his reality, and what starts is the beginning of the film, the start of his dreams. So what do you make of this dream theory? Did you already know about it? Do you think most of the film is a dream occurring in Noodles' head, or that the event actually happened? Let me know in the comments below. For what it's worth, it does seem Sergio Leone constructed the film in such a way that both versions of the movie, dream or no dream, are valid and work, and ultimately it is up for the viewer to decide. But having half of the film being an opium trip is something that was intentionally suggested by Sergio Leone, who spoke about this theory as far back as the Rome premiere of the movie. Thanks for watching.